Halifax Black Film Festival launches its sixth edition tonight with 73 films from all over the world screening online through Sunday. We'll talk to the festival's lead programmer about the challenges of putting together an event during one of filmmaking's most complicated times, the local shorts you can catch, and a deep dive into some of the features on offer. I'm Tara Thorne, and this is The Tideline. Hello and welcome to the show. It's the last week of February already. A little more light already being shed here on the early days of phase one. A lot of people have been asking me about this, so I'm going to lay it out for you. No, you cannot yet eat at the movies. Concessions are not for sale. The lights are not even on in that part of the theater. I was talking to Don, who's the manager at Park Lane this week when I was there to see the Norwegian Oscar nominee, The Worst Person in the World, which I do recommend. And he said that Cineplex appealed directly to Dr. Strang, and Dr. Strang was unmoved. Contrast this with Ontario, where theaters reopened after a long stretch at the end of January. Originally, no concessions were going to be allowed. Everyone freaked out. The theaters appealed to the government, and the government said, okay. I have some theories about why Dr. Strang said no. One, Cineplex is a giant corporation, not a small local business. So what does he care about its survival? The main one, though, is that neither he nor this government, nor any government historically, gives a shit about arts and culture. And the movies 100% fall into that category, even if not the same income bracket. We've seen it constantly with the haphazard way gathering limits have been applied to arts events, including even rehearsals, making it near impossible for the show to go on. But yes, let's make sure stupid fucking sports are up and running again. The economy and sports. That's what the government cares about. Anyway, Don at Park Lane said, maybe phase two. There will be popcorn. We shall see. Here are some phase one updates, however. You can buy tickets to things now, so I am going to flag a few for you. They've just eliminated social distancing in restaurants, and I'm not sure how that's going to affect shows at places like the Carlton and Hopyard who serve food, so keep an eye out on those. Uh, And we're also so we are still in the reduced capacity sells out fast era, which means if I say it, you should probably go look for it. So speaking of the Carlton, they've got a sweet show on March 20th, which is the latest sessions from the Gravel Tapes Music Club. And they'll be celebrating that on that Sunday with two shows, including an all ages matinee at 4 p.m. That never happens. So, Designosaur will be there, Indigo Poirier will be there, Colleen Coco Collins, Tooth and the Fang, Marion, and Sadie. The Halifax Comedy Festival starts April 27th all over town, including the Casino, the Spats, the Seahorse, and the Atlantica. Comics this year include Deborah DiGiovanni, Mary Walsh, Claire Belford, Orny Adams, Nick Nemiroff, Gavin Crawford, and from Nova Scotia, Travis Lindsay and Peter White. You can get your tickets to those shows now at halifaxcomedyfest.ca. And there's a whole slate of things up for sale at the Marquee. Music Nova Scotia just announced an International Women's Day show on March 8th with cluttered General Khan, Isra Fitch, Lindsay Meisner, Pillow Fight, and Shay Pitts. Kenny versus Spenny is apparently a thing, and they will stop by on April 28th. Shad is May 13th, and Propagandy May 19th. 
So it's almost like a real town again. We've got Joyce Fuerza from the Halifax Black Film Festival coming up. But first, I want to play you the brand new single from SafeWord, who have just finished a new record, which is very exciting news indeed. This is Food for Something Else. I've had some time to think it over. I just don't want to get any older. I'll sign on the dotted line. You can have my brain when I lose my mind in the eyes that see my shadow getting shorter.
Hi, Joyce. Hello. How's it going? It's Hello, going well. <laughs> so you are fresh off Toronto. How did that go? Oh, my goodness. It went really well. Well, actually, we finished uh, on Sunday. That was, what, two days ago? I lost track. <laughs> but um, uh, it, was, it went very well. We had over uh, uh, 200 films. Like, this is the first time ever that we've had so many films. Um, but uh, it was great. Awesome. So I um I work for the Halifax Independent Filmmakers Festival here in Halifax. So I know a bit about I'm not a programmer, but I know how it, it works. And one of the things that we have been worried about in the pandemic time, especially a couple things. One, that people wouldn't be willing to give up their films to just an online platform. And two, were there even going to be films being made because all over the world restrictions are so different even even the differences in restrictions from where i am in nova scotia where you are in montreal and the films that were able to be made in those provinces in the pandemic um have you struggled like have there been those challenges with programming the festival during the pandemic you know what yes um especially with distributors because um when it comes to like, you know, having your film and being in the distribution deals, there are certain uh, clauses that you have to respect. And it's been a bit challenging because um, some people wanted to premiere in a different uh, country or a different city. And when it's online, you know, you have access, you have to limit the access to geoblock to certain areas. So that was the main challenge that we had. The filmmakers were really, really excited and, you know, honored to play uh, at our festivals because our mandate is really to showcase, showcase diversity and, you know, Black realities happening from around the world. And we have, like, such an important message. So it's always um, great to have, you know, films that uh, have such powerful messages um, at our festivals. So... Other than, you know, like distribution deals and, um, you know, like the geo-blocking for, for certain areas, uh, everything else was uh, pretty good, worked pretty well. Yeah, I have lots of thoughts on the geo-blocking uh, conversation that I don't think are that interesting <laughs> to, uh, to an audience at large. I think it's, I think I got it in the beginning, but now I kind of go, don't you want everyone to see everything? Like you should, anytime you should, you should be like, yes, Canada wide, but I get it. I get it. Um, so when you're programming a festival like this, what is the process? How much of it is you going out and finding things or, or seeing things at other festivals that you're trying to bring in and how much of it is submission-based? Well, I mean, the, the, the chance that we have is that we've been around for over 15 years now. You know, like we started mm -hmm. in Montreal, then we extended to Toronto, then Halifax, then Calgary, Ottawa, um, Vancouver. So we've pretty much uh, built a base already. Um, and a lot, most of our films are submitted directly to us, uh, either uh, through distributors that already know us and, you know, like send their films or through Film Freeway. Um, and we also work with, you know, a very dynamic group of programmers <laughs> that go on other platforms as well to, you know, find films. And myself and um, other programmers go to other film festivals also, you know, to network and, you know, speak with filmmakers and distributors who acquire films. So it's a very long process. Mm -hmm. um, and it's been a bit challenging with COVID because we couldn't travel. So a lot of it had to be done, you know, virtually, you know, like attend uh, festivals virtually and network in that way. But I think at this point, things are starting to get a little better now. You know, like we're trying to go hybrid. Things are reopening. So um, it's going to get uh, back to a 
sort of kind of a normal, uh, you know, uh, festival run. But uh, yeah, so that's that's the process. And it's hours and hours of, you know, watching films, making sure that we really pick the best of the best um, quality wise, you know, performance wise and um, also based on the story, powerful stories and things like that that reflect really what our message and our mandate as a Black Film Festival is. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah. And have you seen um, an increase, since you've been with the festival, have you seen an increase in Black filmmakers making films? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, because there are so many uh, programs now available, you know, to support uh, filmmakers in diversity not just the black, black uh, communities, but also, you know, LGBT, you know, there's like all sorts of movement because there is a lack of diversity on screen. There is a lack of diversity behind the camera. So I think a lot, a lot has been done. I, there's still more to be done, of course. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I think um, at this point, a lot has been done in terms of, you know, like um, grants and, having more programs available uh, to black filmmakers to support and make their films. Absolutely. Cool. And is your, are your various festivals, are they sort of, um, uh, you know, like everyone wants to get into TIFF. Everyone wants to get into South by Southwest. Are, are, are your festivals sort of tentpole festivals for black filmmakers? I have to imagine they are. I'm sorry. Are they what? are they like tent poles? Are they the ones that they're aiming for? Do you know what I mean? Like they're like, they want a premiere, they want a screen. Oh yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because that's the idea, right? We want to give a voice to black filmmakers, to people who wouldn't have their work seen otherwise, you know, like Mm -hmm. there are a lot of big festivals out there. And when you submit um, a film, they get lost, you know, sometimes um, in so many, like because their program is so large and so huge and they have such, um, a lot of mainstream films, and when you have like a, a short film and you submit to—I mean, I'm not saying it's a—it's a bad to have your film at TIFF or any other of those festivals, but we have—we are very niche, so we really make sure that your film gets all the exposure and visibility um, that it needs. Um, and yeah, definitely for a black filmmaker, we—we we are one of the festivals that come first uh, to mind. Absolutely. Cool. And I'm I'm curious, what what's sort of the appetite at this point for the online festival? You did mention that the hybrids are coming back, or which everyone's very excited about. And, you know, TIFF managed to, did manage to squeeze in a live event this year, but not the year before. Um, what has the appetite been, or what is it at this point for an online festival? Like, we all know we want to get back to so-called real life, um, but are, are people still showing up online? Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, obviously, we have films from more than, well, if I'm speaking for Halifax, we have films from more than 15 countries. Mm-hmm. And most of the filmmakers, of course, they want to be in person, they want to travel, they want to come and meet face to face. But at the same time, they do understand the challenges, they do understand the restrictions. Um, and uh, yeah, they come, they come online, they buy their, their passes, um, they encourage you know, their uh, supporters, friends, they, they're all over social media promoting, hey, you know, like, go check out my film at the Halifax Black Film Festival. It's happening, you know, like, online. Go get your pass. Um, yeah, they're pretty, pretty excited. But at, but at the same time, of course, um, we all want to get back to being in person um, because it's been so, so long. Like, for the past two years, it's been on and off. And I think people are excited to be back in person. But at the same time, um, it's been going really well virtually as well. 
That's awesome. I think I think uh, something that pe- the people don't really think about is the the networking uh, opportunities that happen at festivals that have really been lost uh, in this time. So I think people are, are stoked to get out and schmooze again. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Those after parties and everything. Yeah. But I mean, this the Halifax Black Film Festival is such a great deal. It's forty nine bucks. You can watch everything. That's yes, an outlandishly cheap price. Yes, absolutely. And uh, the all access pass is forty nine dollars, and you can watch everything. And and then you know what? It's not just films. We also have panel discussions. We also have you know like um, programs where people from the industry, professionals from the industry, are talking about different topics. Um, are sharing knowledge so it's not just you're gonna watch film you're gonna also get educated you're gonna also get to you know like listen from people who's who have been there who have the experience who are sharing their knowledge um we have uh different um the black market for example like a series of panels industry panels that people can benefit from so that's really cool it's very cool. Um, can you tell me a bit about the opening and closing films and why uh why you selected the white line and murder in Paris? Oh my goodness, those films are incredible. Um, the White Line is actually a feature film. It's from Namibia. Um, it's a love story, but in a very, very difficult time. It's, it was during the um, apartheid um, period. So um, can you imagine a love story between a black woman and a white man in those days? I mean, this is right. a C uh, film, and it has so much history, it's so rich Um you know, like this part of Africa that people don't necessarily know that much about. And actually the filmmaker, it's a film, female filmmaker. I personally, as a programmer, I'm always, always super excited when we have female film, filmmakers because I always say they don't have enough space <laughs> in the industry. Um, a black totally. female filmmaker, and that was her debut. Oh my goodness, extraordinary film. Everybody should watch this film, The White Line, opening um, the festival, the Halifax Black Film Festival this year. Um, and as closing film, we have a super powerful documentary called Murder in Paris. Um, and it's about the assassination of um, an anti-apartheid activist. So, again, very powerful film, a lot of history there. You know, since even today, they're still trying to find who committed the murder. They're still trying to find justice and um, it's a must-see as well, and it's a must-see as well. So I think it's important to really highlight those stories because a lot of people, they don't have, um, um, they don't really know much about, you know, those kinds of realities. Um, totally. Yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely two films that people should really watch. Um, and when you're programming, are you, is there a, a balance you're going for in terms of narrative and doc? You know what? Every year... I feel like we have the same numbers of documentaries and, and, and features. It's kind of hard sometimes because um, obviously we can't take all the films that are submitted to us. And oh my goodness, sometimes it breaks my heart to have to like make a choice because we receive so many incredible films. Um, but yeah, we really try to balance it out every year for sure. Um, what kind of numbers are we talking, actually? Because I see, like, uh, you have a lot of short films in your program, and I have to imagine that that's a tiny slice of the of the short films you actually receive. Like, how how much are you working through here? Oh uh, well, this year in uh, for Halifax, you mean at the festival, and we have seventy three yeah. uh, seventy three films this year uh, from uh, over fifteen countries. 
Um, and we have, yeah, like you say, we have shorts, we have features, we have um, uh, animation. Oh, yes, animation for, um, uh, sorry, not animation. I meant like a kid's, a kid's film. We have a very beautiful film called uh, Jim Button. That's, for, that's a family film. So if you're trying to have like a family night, this is definitely a film that you should check out, um, Jim Button. And yeah, so overall, we have 73 films this year from uh, 15 countries. Cool, and a couple of those are local, uh, Israel Kanem and Kumbi and Taylor yeah. Olson. Can you tell me a bit about those? Um, Kumbi's film is called, <laughs> I've seen so many, many films, it's like so hard to remember every Yeah, episode. totally. But uh, it's, a, it's a short film, um, it's a love story actually, uh, Kumbi's film, but a very particular kind of couple <laughs> um, <laughs> that are trying to go through their relationships. And it's, uh, I'm not going to say more because it's a short film. If I say too much, I'll probably spoil it for everybody. Totally. But yeah. I will say it's called, I hate you. Yes, it's called, I hate you. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, it's a, it's a film that, that everybody should, uh, should go and see uh, as well. Um, An Israel film is a narrative short as well called uh, kill your masters. Um, it's more of a serious tone. It's about um, a slavery, the time of slavery, and you know, like two girls trying to escape from, from their masters. Um, uh, so that's what that one is about. And it's and we're so happy to showcase local films from Halifax as well. And yeah. Yeah. And, and Israel, they're doing such a great job in the industry. Um, you know, like they're working on so many projects. Um, I This is something I've always wondered about film festival programmers. Can you watch a movie, any movie, with your programming brain turned off? Or are you always on? Turned off. What does that mean? <laughs> like, do you ever watch a movie just as a movie? Or do you go, oh, I could put this here. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? That's a very good question. I don't think I've ever really thought about it like that I'm guessing I don't know <laughs> that's hard to like um answer but um hmm. yeah I'll try to think next time I watch something that's not really you know like <laughs> <laughs> so what does the future look like um for the Halifax Black Film Festivals and all the festivals that you're that you're programming for do you feel like uh you know we're coming out of this this out of from under the cloud of COVID does that feel possible at this point you know what? It definitely does. Um, I feel like right now, you know, like even theaters are reopening. Um, and I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, I'm crossing my fingers that there's not going to be like another weird variant or anything like that. But uh, mm -hmm. at this point, I feel like, you know, we're kind of getting back to a sort of a normal. Obviously, things are not never going to be back to the, the way they were before. Um, we just have to like learn how how to adjust to this new reality, right? Um, but um, I definitely feel like uh, soon we're going to be fully in person. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and um, in terms of films, this is something that I'm interested in. Are you seeing, um, have you seen, especially this year, films that are responding to COVID that are including COVID? I'm just interested to see what the sort of wave of pandemic art looks like. You know what? I think I've seen that more towards the beginning of the okay. Right now, I'm not so much, at least from my uh, side of uh, programming. But towards, uh, like, in the beginning I was, but not so much now. So I don't okay. know how it's going to be, like, afterwards, but, uh, yeah. I also feel like we don't need to dig into it. We all live through it together. Yeah, <laughs> so we don't exactly. need anyone's perspective on it. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Joyce, thanks so much. Sixth uh, annual Halifax Black Film Festival opening Thursday, running through Sunday. 49 bucks will get you the whole shebang. Thanks so much for joining me today. Oh my goodness, thank you so much. <laughs> and best of luck. Talk soon. All right, bye-bye. So some of those events that Joyce were talking about are very, very cool indeed. They're all on Facebook. They're all going to be streaming. If you go to halifaxblackfilm.com, you can find those links. Some of the panels include something I'm interested in. Can media really make or break us? The moderators, Amber Friday from Global News. And the panelists include Dorico Simmons, Jarvis Gugu, Brian Daly, and Matthew Byard. Oh, and Trina Roche. Also, um, this is very a two- Conversations. I don't know if you know this, but there's a, a series in Halifax called Washington Black that is about to shoot. Is, well, maybe is already shooting, and it stars Sterling K. Brown. Very cool. And so there's a panel called Halifax Meets Hollywood. This is on February 26th. And uh, part one is Juanita Peters, who's a great local director and actor herself, talking to Selwyn Sindhu Hines, who is the creator, executive producer, and showrunner of Washington Black. And part two sees Tara Taylor interviewing Wanuri Kay, who is a director of Washington Black. So those are some high-octane guests um, for a, a free stream on Facebook at, at 3 p.m. on February 26th. And on February 27th at 3 p.m., another nice afternoon matinee panel, Being Black in Halifax, Creative Minds and Brave Filmmakers. So there's an annual program called Being Black in Halifax, which is part of a national filmmaking program called Being Black in Canada, which is for emerging black filmmakers. And Kaya Sparks will be talking to this year's participants, who are Deborah Castrilli, Tyus McSween, Guiley Johnson, and Jodell Stunden. So, HalifaxBlackFilm.com for all your tickets and passes and links. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week. is engineered by Palmer Jamison at the Golden Palm and produced by the Halifax Examiner.